JD Talking Sports, Thursday, April 6, 2017. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. All right, let's end this. Well, I learned today, dog and pony show on Jeopardy means an elaborate show. What did I watch? You know, I'll tell you, I watched Archer today. I want to get this out of the way. Archer, they're going back to the 50s for whatever. You know what? I liked it better when it was said in real time. I, I don't know. I feel like Archer used to be the funniest goddamn show, and now I feel like it's a shit show. I really do. Really disappointed. Empire is just soap opera at its best. Lucius and Cookie, they just I can't get enough of that. Just can't get enough. And uh, Designated Survivor, if you haven't seen it, I love it. I also taped a show with Hank Azaria. I'm blanking on the name of the show. With something with a B. I'll watch that tomorrow. I'll have a review on that. All right. Now, let's get to the Mets. Hey, you know what? Mets got to win tonight. But the better, best, best, best part of it was Matt Harvey, returning from thoracic outlet syndrome, goes 6.2 tonight. Three hits, two runs, four Ks. No base on balls. Gets the win. Mets win 6-2. Travis Darno got a two-run double. Wilmer Flores hit a two-run homer. Neil Walker went two for four with a double. Cespedes had a double, two. Relief pitching, 2.1 innings, three hits, four Ks, no runs. Mets now two and one. Braves fell to one and two. I mean, hey, you know what? Listen, I was going to go off on how they're playing lately. They have previous two games, Thor and Jacob DeGrom, 12 Scoreless inning pitches, pitched 13 Ks. But good thing about DeGrom, his fifth pitch of the game was a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. That was faster than the 2,353 pitches he threw all of last year. And last night in the 12-inning loss, the 3-1 loss in 12, they killed Mets killer Freddie Freeman. They ended his 12-game hitting streak against them. Jaime Garcia got the loss tonight to Matt Harvey. Tomorrow is We and Chen of the Marlins for Zach Wheeler first start in two years after Tommy John surgery. How about that? And last night, Jay Bruce hit his ninth home run in 52 games as a Met. Three hits last night after the f- first home run, and he had three base on balls on RBI opening day. He went 0 for 2 with uh, base on balls, and he scored a run. So he's getting on base. You know, hey, let's, 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 uh, let's get excited about that. I was concerned how Matt Harvey would do. And he had uh, DeGrom, he had a nerve, ulnar nerve in his throwing arm fixed. He had a nerve moved up his arm and put into a sling made of tissue. Think about that. A nerve put in a sling made of tissue. How about that? You know, I would love to see how that's, and actually, no, I might, I might throw up. Have to be happy with the Mets. Come on. You have to be happy. That's a good win. And Syndergaard said the blister's good. They don't have to amputate it. I love that kind of humor. And let's top it all off. Tim Tebow's first at bat for Class A Columbia. First minor league at bat ever. You really think this is... And also, let's talk about, you know, he's played in some other game. But his first... What do you call that? Yeah, his first professional at bat as a baseball player. Hits a two-run home run. And I watched the replay. It looked like it hit the wall, but the umpire signaled. And he went through. Big, big, big. Tim Tebow. Roy Hobbs. I'll tell you, he's in the building. He may be the natural. You know, I'm not going to put anything past Tebow. You never know. He might get the job done. He might make it to the major leagues one day. I know he's 29, a little older. But I'll tell you, if there's any guy who could do it, I think Tim Tebow is going to work his ass off to make it happen. Yankees play tomorrow night. Luis Severino pitches against Baltimore. I don't have the Baltimore pitcher. 
for tomorrow. Oh, yes. Yes. Luis Arino against Ubaldo Jimenez. Now, Sanchez, Bird, and Holiday are combined 4 for 37. That's a one-on-weight batting average. And Bird, Judge, and Sanchez are 105 batting average, 150 on base percentage, and 158 slugging percentage. But starting pitchers, 11.1 inning pitches, innings pitch. That's Pineda, Tanaka, and CC. 874 ERA. And it'd be even higher if, if CC didn't go five shutout innings. Bullpen, 13.2 innings pitch of scoreless relief. That's about 4.2 a game. And the guy, uh, guy in the, I think Dan Martin on, in the New York Post, said that they will be worn out by May 6th. Do you know what May 6th is? That is Willie May's birthday. They still don't have a fifth starter. Pineda said a second inning meltdown. It was a location thing. You know, I keep, you know, I'm a little tired of the excuses from Pineda. You're too talented to be doing this shit. Gary Sanchez ended it, ended last year with a two for 29 slump, 12 Ks, when hitless his first 11 at-bats, then he got a single. Greg Bird has one hit so far through three games, and he had his right ankle wrapped in ice from when he fouled the ball off it last night in the loss to the... the Rays. Not good, not good. And they're going to take early batting practice tomorrow in Baltimore, which is a hitter's park. And they feel that if Sanchez and Bird take off, it will help the rest of the lineup. Now, CC threw a two-seam fastball on Tuesday. And this is the thing. It was between 90 and 93 miles an hour. Last year, it was between 85 and 89. So he's got his velocity a little up. And Didi is starting a throwing program from 60 feet, started Monday, did it Tuesday, took yesterday off. Today he went from 90 feet. If everything goes well, April 18th, he'll start, resume baseball activities. He was lost on March 21st with a shoulder injury. He's swinging a bat with only his left hand. I'll tell you, come on, go to Baltimore. Let's get the hitters go, everything going. We'll be excited. It'll be good. Everybody be happy, right? Yeah. That is good, and you got to be happy about Matt Harvey. You got to be. Ha- I, I love that he pitched pitched pretty well today. You know what? He looked sharp. That's all that matters. Gets a win. A win's a win. It's a good way for them to start the season. Mets are two and one. Baltimore is one and two. And Bartolo Colon started his career. First game was for Cleveland versus Terry Collins Angels on April fourth, nineteen ninety seven. That was also the day that Turner Field opened. He's now the oldest player in baseball, and now he's going to open up SunTrust Park in. Georgia. R.A. Dickey at 42 is the second oldest pitcher in the major league in the majors. He's also on the Braves this year. Now Cologne uses uses fastball 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 makes it, you know Bartolo Cologne I say fastball fastball 89.5 percent of his pitches last year 15 percent more than any other qualified starter in major league baseball. And he has this is the thing. Ron Darling says he has a relentless commitment to the one pitch. He said he mastered the one pitch with finger pressure, controls how the ball moves and how fast it goes, which no one else does. And the Braves signed 13-year vet, veteran first baseman Ryan Howard, who got a $10 million buyout from the Phillies last year, 196 last year, 25 home runs, 59 RBIs. Not a good year, but he can still hit home runs. You know, why not bring them? And Yasiel Puig of the Dodgers, who they sent down to the minors last year, has hit three home runs the last two games, hit two today for the Dodgers in the win over San Diego. On the season, he's 417 batting average, three home runs, 
five RBIs, five hits, and a 563 on base percentage. I know it's early in the season, but you know what? If he can start hot like this, anything is possible, right? Anything is possible. That's a good thing, right? That is a very, very good thing. Okay, now. And how about this? Reds relief pitcher, Michael Lorenzen, comes up as a pinch hitter for the Reds and blasts a go-at-home run in the 7-4 win over the Phillies today. Phillies fell to 1-2. and two, Reds improved to 2-1. and one. How about that? That's crazy, right? That is crazy town. Nets end their three-game winning streak today. They're down 19-60 after losing to the Magic 115-107. I just read this just now that the salary cap next year is going to be 101 million next year for 2017-2017 season stands at 94.1 this year. So it's going to go almost $7 million for next season. How about that? Pretty crazy, right? Wow. A lot of money, man. They are going to, these players are going to make a lot of dinero. Uh, Rajon Rondo sat out. Oh, that was the wrong game. I'm sorry. That's the Knicks game. Rondo sat out for the Knicks game tonight. I'm going to get to that too a little bit. Nets, and as I said, and three-game winning streak. And actually, Orlando has won this has won since 2007, 2000, 2006, 2007, have beaten the Nets 16 times at home. Only the Bucks at 18 have they beaten more in Orlando. Sean Kilpatrick set out with a hamstring tightness tonight. But Jeremy Lin had 32 points, season high, best of his previous of 24, March 14th versus OKC. 32 points for Lin, five rebounds, three assists. But they, I'll tell you, they got burned by a third quarter. They got outscored 36-21, which was, you know, that's the ball game right there in the third quarter. They host Jody Meeks, scores in the first half, scored 13 straight in the third quarter, 18 in the second half. Unbelievable, yeah. I hate when they lose like this. And the, the Magic were led by... Alfred Payton, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists. Lopez did not have a good game. He only had 10 points on 4-13 shooting, 0-5 from 3. But Karis LeVert, 20 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. And off the bench, Justin Hamilton had, and, and Isaiah White had a 10 each. And Sean Didwitty had 11. Nets bench since March 1st, league best 49.7 points. They had 39 they had a 39-29 edge over Orlando in the game. But I'll tell you, you know what? They needed a good, better game from Lopez. Lopez is now 35 points away from from breaking, becoming, not breaking, becoming the all-time leading scorer, passing Buck Williams for the Nets. They host the Bulls Saturday in the last game of Barclays. I think it's a 6 o'clock start. They've lost their last four in a row of Barclays to the Bulls. How about that? All right. You know what? Hey, 1960, they still can do it. Still got three games left. They got to win one more, and that's I had a win in 20 this year. Orlando improved to 28 and 51. And you heard about uh, James Dolan. A fan said, sell the team, and he got in his face, called him an asshole after being confronted, went on and on. I saw the guy today, uh, and he said he just wouldn't stop going off. And they had Scotty Pippen on. He goes, you know how many times fans said shit to me and whatever, and I just let it go? That's what you have to do. You have to let it go. They lost 106-103. Fell a 30 and 49 Loss uh, to the loss of the Wizards, 48-31 Wizards after the win. Uh, Porzingis, late scratch with a back injury. Chasing Randall out with an ankle. 
Seventh straight loss at MSG to the Wizards. Mello had a great look at the buzzer to tie the game. Missed it. Bradley Bill made a big three and some free throws at the end of the game. He had 25 to lead the Wizards. Wizards bench was outscored by the Knicks, 44-29. They're going to play at the Grizz tomorrow, the Knicks. Carmelo, 23.6 rebound, four assists. Anon Gomez had 13.8 rebounds. Accordingly, 11 points. Baker, 12 points. Justin Holiday, 16 off the bench. And Sasha Vujicic, Vujicic, he had 10 points in the fourth quarter. He was going, he was going crazy. He's going crazy. Ryan, I know. You know what? This is better. You know what? And James Dolan, you know what? You're an owner. You got to be bigger than that shit. You got to walk away and say, no mas. You have to say, no. No, I'm not not going there. I'm not doing this. This isn't happening. Okay? I I can't let this happen. Can't do it. Not on my watch. Ridiculous, man. You got to be a bigger man than this. You know what? If every time you get pissed off at a fan, you can have a long freaking time. And you know what? It's true. He is a terrible owner. He is a terrible, terrible owner. What he did with Oakley this year, deplorable. I know whatever happened, that does you, you don't put him in handcuffs at the stadium. And he's a bully. He's a bully. We, we have a lot of bullies in the world right now. Seems to be running organizations. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Doc Rivers, two wins. Listen to this. This, this is, this is the, the Clippers franchise. Two wins from passing Mike Dunleavy, who, whose 250 wins are the most regular season victories for, for the Clippers in franchise history. That is a franchise that doesn't have a lot of good history. Golden State last night beat Phoenix, clinched home court throughout the playoffs, third straight year with the best record in basketball, 65-14. and 14. Curry had 42 points, 11 assists. Yeah, but he's having a down year. And KD should play Saturday versus New Orleans at home for Golden State. Missed 19 games since being injured versus the Wizards on February 28th and a return for the last three games of the regular season. They've beaten Phoenix now, Golden State, 10 straight times. And Phoenix, home for OKC Friday when Russell Westbrook goes for his 42nd triple-double. Should happen. And Suns are one and a half games worse than the Lakers and second worst behind the... Second worst, the Nets are the worst team in the NBA right now. And the Cavs last night won their second back-to-back. They beat Orlando at home on Wednesday and Boston last night. Fourth straight win for the Cavs. I don't think we have to worry about them. Now, I read a really interesting story about... I heard it on Mike and Mike. Well, I, I read about it, but it was on Mike and Mike today. That back when when MJ was trying to make his comeback for the with the Wizards, he played a pickup game against Ron Artest. He said he's still troubled about it. Sixteen years later, he says he's still troubled by his famous run in with MJ. Now he's met a world peace. Yeah, it was uh, NBA. They won. He won a title with the Lakers in two thousand ten. And he said it against Jordan one off season that resulted in the megastar missing three months of basketball with a broken rib. He said it was before the start of the 2001-2002 NBA season when Jordan was on the verge of making his second comeback with Washington. He said uh, we, had a, we had an incident. He told Fox Sports in the Zone podcast. It was a summer playing pickup basketball all that age when I sensed that someone was better than me, I got into my street mode. So when I got a chance to play against Mike, I was like, I don't give a rat's ass. He's just as crazy as I am. He scored every single time and I got tired of him scoring. So he was holding me and I knew that if he touches the ball, he's going to score. I cannot let him touch it. He was holding me. So I moved his arm out of the way and I hit him in the ribs by mistake. That was one of the worst days of my life as a basketball player. And then he was asked, was he down in agony from the injury? No, he didn't go down. Jordan is crazy. He takes about five seconds. Then it's his ball. He ends the game on jumper. And then he walks off. That's Michael Jordan, man. Michael Jordan. <laughs> he said, the game is only over when MJ says it is. 
And in a previous interview, he admitted he probably ruined Jordan's stint with the Wizards. And Jordan scored 22.9 that year. Without the rib injury, Meta piece said Jordan would have averaged 35 a game. That's what he told ESPN's Mike and Mike. How about that? Now, he also ranked the MJ as the toughest player ever guarded, including LeBron and Kobe. Now, me and Kobe had some nice days. I love Kobe, man. Kobe talks a lot. Kobe's fearless. Absolutely. Loves the game too much. You have to take his life to take that game from him. At that point, he really would die for the game. He said they were very physical in practice. Kobe was amazing. I wasn't successful enough against Kobe. Jordan was strong. He was stronger than Kobe. Not by that much, but definitely stronger than Kobe. Similar moves. Kobe was more... He had more of that street ball in him. Kobe had more of the, of the street ball with the fundamentals. And Jordan, he said, I was just all fundamentals and just get right to the point. Jordan would get right to the point. And he said when he guarded Jordan at the end of his career, he was tough. So I measured that against the guys that I guarded in their prime. For me, I think Jordan was the toughest, even as an older player. He said he was tougher as an older player than some of the guys in their prime. He said the thing about LeBron, he's very unselfish, right? So he can pass the ball. When I guard LeBron, I always want him to shoot but he would just make the right play. He's legendary for making the right play, and it's really hard to guard when you're a team player. And he said, LeBron, he was really unique in where some of the other all-stars, they would always try to make it personal and go at me. I forced them into misses all night. they just miss him all night. But LeBron was unique when he would just make the easy pass. I thought that was interesting, right? Yeah, crazy, right? How about that? You know what? And, and Jordan never freaking stops. Never, ever stops. Jordan, my favorite player. You know, I know Kobe, but I, I'm sorry. Jordan took over games. I, I can't even put Kobe, Kobe and Jordan in the same sentence. I'm sorry. Kobe had a great career, but no, no Jordan. Jordan, 6-0, six rings, six championships. All I got to say on that front. And LeVar Ball just can't shut the fuck up. Blames white guys for UCLA Sweet 16 loss. The foot speed, too slow. He said Dad said that Lonzo pulled his hammy in the loss, which he hadn't talked about, uh, prevented him from taking over for teammates that lacked athleticism required to win a championship. And he says he can't win no championship with three white guys. One of those games, you know, Lonzo would need 30 or 40 points, he said, against Kentucky. Well, against Kentucky, the three white guys, T.J. Leaf, Bryce Alford, and Thomas Welsh had 39 points. So I don't know. You know, it's not like they didn't – they scored like four points in the whole game. And De'Aaron Fox had 39 that game, a freshman record in an NCAA tournament. LeVar says you've got to kill Lonzo to get him off the court. You know what? I mean, You know, maybe he just talks for his son because his son doesn't want to talk. Or something, I just, I'm like, dude, you got to shut the fuck up. I mean, who says shit like that? You know, he's going to get to the pros, and there are some white guys can play. I'm not saying, you know what, I would love Bird to be in the league now because he would shove it down his throat. I mean, they don't play the same position. But, man, LeVar is just like, you know, his son is, I mean, you know, he may be the real deal. He might back it all up when he gets to the pros. But if he doesn't, damn. I mean, damn. But, man, he just says whatever comes out of his mouth. He, you know, he doesn't have a 10-second rule. I don't think he has he is even a five-hour rule. He just says whatever he wants to say. I'll tell you, man, he's putting a lot of pressure on that kid. A lot of pressure. Hey, the Jets signed a, signed a tight end, Brian Parker, for second stint with team since September. Great stats for Brian Parker. One catch, six yards, and two seasons. Yeah, I mean, what? what okay, good, good. Yeah, nice. That means jack shit. And Chris Sims says... Dad was not alerted of changes from CBS Sports, but then CBS Sports said they told him and his agent, and Jim Nance probably had to sign off on the switch from Sims to Tony Romo. Either way, 20 years. I mean, that seems like, you know, for a company guy to throw him on the bus like that is kind of a shitty move, don't you think? 
I mean, you know what? It's not like he was a jerk or anything. You know, you know, Sims was a t- total company guy. And he still has a couple years left on his contract. Still has a couple years left on Showtime with Inside the NFL. He's not going anywhere, but it's going to be a step down, right? Masters today. Dustin Johnson fell down some stairs, backed out on the first hole. And, and this, this I, I read this today. Per, per Deadspin, Phil Mickelson, they had a voicemail of, that was leaked from July 2015. He said uh, he was on the phone when he was back in San Diego saying he plans to hustle suckers for some serious cash. It was passed around for two years in, the go- in golfing circles. Now, he talks about a Charlie, which is Charlie Hoffman, who's a P- PGA Tour vet and product of the S- South Carolina Public Courses, who told the Boston Globe in 2007, sometimes it's a way just to keep my interest up. These guys love playing for money. And a 2012 NCAA study said college golfers more than twice as likely to be involved in sports betting than any, any other college sportsman. Just talk to, uh, Just talk to MJ. Likes betting on the golf. 300,000 I read for on one hole once with Barkley. And guess who has a four-stroke lead at the Masters today? Charlie Hoffman. You know what? He'll be able to have some more money you can get. But I'll tell you, these guys love love the juice. I, I, I never got into that. I just wasn't my thing. Now, U.S. Women's World Championships today and the semis. First semi was a rematch with... Canada and Finland. Finland beat Canada in a, in the in the preliminaries, four to three. First win against Canada after losing twenty in a row. Well, today they won four nothing over Finland in the first semifinal, and then in the second semifinal, U.S. played Germany. Now U.S. had outscored their opponents in the three previous games, fourteen three. Brianna Decker and Kendall Coyne, three goals each, and Hillary Knight had two. Well, tonight, 13 different players recorded a point, including seven players with three points. U.S. only beat Germany 11-0. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? They Team USA 4-0 in the World, World Championship this year will play tomorrow night, Canada, at 7.30 p.m. It'll be televised live on the NHL Network, which I don't get, which pisses me off. I'd watch some of the game. Hillary Knight scored 106 into the game from Kendall Coyne. Kelly Stack scored again. They scored five goals in the first 615 of the middle, took control of the game with five goals in the first six of the middle frame. First, Coyne uh, did a cross feed, cross ice feed from Brianna Decker and tucked a shot just below the crossbar. 36 seconds later, Emily Falzer. One time to pass from Amanda Amanda Kessel for her first goal of the tournament before Jocelyn Lamoureux Davidson. She deked out a German defender and slid a backhand past the German goalie Horst less than a minute later to make it five nothing. Coyne buried a loose puck off a faceoff, and then Megan Keller scored from the point less than two minutes later to make it seven nothing. Then Amanda Pelkey, Monica Lamoureux Morando, Haley. Skorupa and Alex Carpenter each scored in the final period to make it 11-0. And Nicole Hensley made eight saves to earn her second shutout victory of the tournament. They only got shot at Germany 50-8, two for five on power play, and one for one on the penalty kill. Kendall Coyne was named the U.S. Player of the, day, of the Game. And the first four U.S. goals of the second period, which were 220 apart, are the fastest four goals scored in U.S. women's national team history at this event. 
and the U.S. and Canada have played in the all now all eighteen gold medal games now. Psh. They've won in 2005, 8, 2008, 2009, 11, 13, 2015, 16, including six of the last seven. All right, good luck tomorrow night. Wow, how about that? 11 nothing. That is an ass whooping. And Dana Vollmer is training while six months pregnant, only American mother to ever win Olympic swimming gold. How about that? How about that? Awesome. Tim Tebow hits a home run tonight. U.S. women go back in the gold medal game. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. All right. And we have trivia questions. All right. Now, last night's trivia question. What player won the NBA Rookie of the Year Award Award with the fewest games played in the season? What player won the NBA Rookie of the Year Award with fewest games played in the season? Patrick Ewing played only 50 games in 1980 to win the 1986 Rookie of the Year Award. 20 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.1 steals, and 2.1 blocks. How about that? I kind of gave the hand away last night. I said a guy who got a new job. He is now the new Georgetown head coach. They said he has to be getting with the AAU coaches down in the... What would you call it down there? The, 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 the Baltimore, the Belt, the Washington, D.C. area? Because there is a plethora of talent down there. Okay. Last men's player to win most outstanding player at the Final Four at the NCAA basketball tournament on a losing team. So who was the last mouse-ascending player at the Final Four on a losing team in in the NCAA tournament? Last men's player to win most-ascending player at the Final Four on a losing team. All right? 